0: What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Ben Askren is an Olympic gold medalist, an MMA fighter, and the author of a brand new book called Funky. In this conversation, Ben and I cover a lot, everything from his fight with Jake Paul to PEDs, where the sport of wrestling is headed, the business behind combat sports, and much, much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ben. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Once you get done listening, get on Twitter and let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you agreed with, and what you didn't agree with. We love the feedback. All right, let's get into this episode with Ben. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp
1: Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.
0: All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Ben here with me. Uh, you got a fascinating life. And I thought a great way to kind of understand what the hell you've been through uh, is to start off first talking about just excellence. Like, I feel like a lot of the things that you've done in your life, you've tried to be the best at it. Uh, talk like, what does excellence mean to you? And why has that been such a focus for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of the way I think about things. Like, if I'm going to try to do something, I might as well try to be the best at it. I don't really see any reason not to. You know, I've never been able to make a good argument. Like, why should you just do something and like do it average? Uh, But it's also perhaps because I'm very obsessive about things, you know. Um, So, I mean, obviously, like, later in my life, I learned disc golf, you know. And um, I started playing, and I just got obsessed with it, right? And I'm like, okay, I want to go play in a tournament now, see if I'm actually good or not. And then I played in this tournament, and I sucked. And I'm like, oh, wait, I can throw good, but I can't putt worth a damn. So then it's like, okay, I need to go buy a basket and put it in my front yard. You know, and then I obsessively putt, and I got to the point where, I you know I went on the pro level. I wasn't good, but I took second at the amateur nationals. You know, so I was like really high level at that. And so yeah, I just don't see a reason not to do things really well. And maybe it's because I'm super obsessive, and people other people are like kind of all over the place. But yeah. that's just my personality. Why do you like disc
0: golf? Like I've seen the videos. Yeah, I yeah. know you've got Funky Farm. Have you played yet? Huh? Have you I, played? I played once or twice okay. when I was in high school. Okay. And like it was kind of a thing that people did. Yes. Uh, one time and like, yeah, I'd done it. And then they never did it again. What <laughs> yeah. disc golf actually
1: during 2020 Corona disc golf just freaking took
0: off in popularity,
1: um, because people wanted to be outside and then they could stay far away from other people, mm-hmm. you know? So disc golf like kind of blew up and, uh, you know, there's, there's guys getting million dollar contracts now for, for some sponsors on a yearly basis. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Paul McBeth got, uh, you should have him down here. He's, uh, or your brother, right? Your brother talks more sports. Yeah. Uh, he's out of Jacksonville now, but he got a million dollar a year contract from discraft, uh, who sponsors me also. Uh, for me, I think, you know, what I think it really is, is the, the immediate feedback. So you take this disc, right? And once you get good, each one of them does something a little different. And then you get to envision the way it's going to fly. And then you rip it and you get to try to watch it fly the way you want it to fly. And when you when you get something good, like what you envision in your head, it's like, oh, that was awesome.
0: Is it you literally know? golf but with discs? Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, it, yeah. it's there's par, there's putting, yeah. the, like the whole thing. Yes. But absolutely. you're just throwing rather than Yeah. Hitting
1: so the I, you want to hear me? I, I have a really simple argument for disc golf over right. golf. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number one, golf takes too damn long. I don't know if you ever played eighteen holes of golf. Have you? My
0: my brothers and I usually go uh not every Friday, but okay. many Fridays. It and, takes like five uh, hours. Yeah, it's a all-afternoon activity. Okay, like five hours. So disc golf, you know, if you got a
1: group, probably an hour, hour and a half, depending on how difficult the course is. not going to take super long. Number two, generally, in most places, it's free now, right? There's some Interesting. pay-to-play, but not, it's not that much. as like in parks and stuff. Um, number three, if you want a disc golf set, generally, I would recommend you start with like say three or four discs uh that's going to run you say we'll say 60 bucks to 80 bucks somewhere in there maybe you can get like one golf club for that right <laughs> yes and then the last one someone busy like you uh or like me you don't need tea times right so you just show up and play like if you thought hey I, you know you thought this podcast was going to last an hour and it lasts last two hours well if you miss your tea time you're screwed right mm-hmm. but disc golf you just go and play so that's my arguments <laughs> that, that's actually a pretty strong argument i yeah. think the
0: hard part is just uh people got to get good at throwing the disc
1: yeah uh well i think so i think if you if you have someone that's relatively knowledgeable to get like uh, a base level would be probably easier than golf mm-hmm. I, I would think just because um to get really good now that's going to take a lot right but to get just understand how to throw it straight a couple hundred feet like i you, you're an athlete right mm-hmm. i could take you out to the park and then 20, 30 minutes, I would have you throwing it a couple hundred feet straight, relatively straight, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah.
0: You could not do that with a golf club.
1: (laughs) Yes. Golf. Yeah, (laughs) I I golfed for a few years when I was like really young. And then my parents said, Hey, you got to pay for it. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) You're like seventh grade or eighth grade. And then they're like, Oh, you got to pay now. I'm like, all right, I'm done
0: with that. (laughs) When uh, I want to talk about combat sports in general. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's fascinating to me is like, you had this illustrious wrestling career, uh, but you can't punch people. Right? It's Mm -hmm. just straight wrestling. Is that frustrating? I've always wondered. I'm watching wrestling, and I'm like, if you're actually mad or competitive or whatever, you're in a fight kind of not in the fight. Like, how did you think yeah. about that? Or, or is it just second nature because you've just been trained so much that you can't, like, that's not a thing yeah. you do?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's a little bit second nature, but wrestling is actually funny. I just read this, uh the last book I read was called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because wrestling is mentioned so many times, probably six to eight times. And so wrestling is like it's such within the human condition to mm-hmm. like grab someone and try to manipulate them or take them down. Um no, I mean, when So okay, when I started wrestling, there was no MMA, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, literally didn't exist. I started wrestling probably in 1991. Well, I was, well, I'd been seven years old. Mm-hmm. And the first, very first MMA competition was in 1993. Wow. You know? And then I remember watching some early ones. Like, my dad got the the VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, What'd you think? Uh, I was fascinated. I really was. I, so I remember it like part of me, even at, I think I would've been nine or 10 years old. I felt like, Oh my God, some of these dudes are so stupid. I, I just, just, actually talk about the book. I have this vivid memory. My dad brought home this tape and was like, Hey, let's watch this fighting thing. You know? Cause in the beginning it wasn't like, Hey, this is MMA. It was like, Hey, let's see who wins. I mean, this is the beginning of MMA. Who lets you wins. Does a wrestler win? Does a jiu-jitsu guy win? Does a boxer win? Mm -hmm. Like what, what wins when all these things Happen, you know? Genius idea. It really is because really everyone wanted to know. because And then you know what we found out was most of the like taekwondo and karate were kind of a little bit bullcrap. I mean, there's yep. there's some things we can take, but not that much. um So I remember watching it, and the, I, I I wish I remembered exactly which UFC it was. I don't probably one, two, three, four, five. Some something really early, you know. And there was this one guy, and he was talking about how tough he was because he punches this bag of cement essentially it was like a block of cement with some duct tape around it mm-hmm. and the guy was just you know like sticking it with it <laughs> and i'm like oh my god what the hell's wrong with this guy this is so ridiculous like how's he gonna get good at fighting by punching a block of concrete you know uh-huh. that's like my simple 10 year old thought um but i was intrigued by it and then it kind of went away for a while i mean you're right you don't remember the history of mma but everyone started banning it and i think by the end it was only legal in like four states or something mm-hmm. because the first thing they were promoting the first tagline was uh eight men enter one man leaves like you know like this notion <laughs> that someone's gonna die right yeah and uh
0: Gr- great marketing for the yes. consumer probably not so great for the regulators and, yes. and the licensing
1: yeah, so i think i think actually only one person's ever died in 30 years of regulated <laughs> mixed martial arts and um, this is all
0: bare knuckle when it first started
1: it was yeah. I mean, and if you watched early MMA, well, it was kind of like whatever you wanted. So like, some guys wore geese. Some guy was wore wrestling shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this one guy, really famous fight a guy named Art Jimerson. He was a boxer, and he wore one boxing glove, <laughs> one bare hand. You know, so like, um, you know, there were some really like hilarious things back in the day. There was a sumo wrestler who wore his out. You know, his kind of his outfit. Um, so you kind of saw a little bit of everything back there, back then, and then. Um, Yeah, so it went away kind of because it got banned everywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. when there was no no one would distribute it. And then, you know, obviously Zufa buys it in 2002. So if you were watching MMA, so that was kind of my high school time period. It was like you were really like having to dig deep to go find some VHS Mm -hmm. tape somewhere. And I remember we we always enjoyed it because I think the wrestlers came in. Maybe, like, late 90s-ish, so there's a guy named, like, Mark Coleman, Kevin Randleman, guys who had high success in wrestling, mm-hmm. started doing really well in mixed martial arts. So that was, you know, like I said, in the beginning, it was like, which discipline is better? You know, mm-hmm. every discipline, mixed martial arts, every martial arts wants to have pride in their discipline. Mm-hmm. And so when wrestlers started doing really well, it was like, oh, that's really awesome. But it was
0: still, like, this thing that's, like, yeah. over ha- here. When the wrestlers started to do well, how much of it was like the wrestlers were just taking people down and they didn't yeah. know how to like defend against yeah. getting taken down versus the wrestlers had gotten good at punching and kicking and like other, uh, kind of components of the combat. Yeah. Uh,
1: I would say th- those guys that I mentioned, um, you know, one of the things with wrestlers, they work really hard, mm-hmm. especially, I would say compared to the other martial arts, even currently, they still work really hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they had a ton of success and they, they picked up other things relatively quickly. Um, so I'd say those guys kind of were a little bit good everywhere, but yes, obviously uh, Mark Coleman, uh, and he's still around. Uh, I just saw him coaching at uh, the most recent UFC. He made the term "ground and pound" right. Mm. So he, I he, I don't remember you know the exact. He's I'm gonna take him to the ground. I'm gonna pound him. Right, mm-hmm. so you just take them down and they just keep punching him. And I, I, I believe for a while, headbutts were still legal. So one of the things they'd grab the head and you know they would, they would, <laughs> well, because
0: you can cut people really yeah, easily of you know, like right here with this part of your head. And w- and yes. what I, it used to be bare knuckle head uh, yes. headbutting, but also, couldn't you kick people when they were on the ground? Like, uh, they yeah, were, oh, like, yeah. standing up yeah. or something? And that was in,
1: Pri- in Pride. I don't remember when they banned that in America, but yeah. then, well, the other one was nut shots were legal for a while. There's this one famous <laughs> one where this dude elbows him in the nuts and it kind of, you know, ends the fight. Um, yeah, so it was, like, really, really limited rule set. And then when mm-hmm. Zufa took over, I think they were like, how do we work with the regulars? That's kind of like the crypto industry, huh? Yeah, are like, yeah, yeah, how yeah, do we yeah. work with the regulars? And some people are like, no way. But then most people realize it's probably going to be a little bit better when we do. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and so what yeah. they basically did was they just created clear rules that put gloves yes. on people. They, like, yes. cleaned it up to a degree but still kept the, like, gladiator slash, yeah. like, eight, you know, two people go in, one comes yes. out type mentality. Yeah. It just was in this new rule framework which cleaned it up and allowed for the distribution.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they obviously did a lot of the things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so they bought it in 2002 and did, did all of those things. And most of the things, there's a few that are really stupid. Most of the things were really smart. Like uh, kicking to the head of a grounded opponent, it's really dumb because the only time, you would ever actually do that is generally when they're knocked out, right? You mm-hmm. hit them, they fall down, and then you kick them also. And it's like, well, why is that necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. But say, like, uh, a 12 to 6 elbow something that's banned. It's like you do like this, right? Mm-hmm. So your elbow goes from 12 to 6 straight yep. down. And it was because some dumbass karate guy said you could kill someone doing an elbow like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Could As- you? Well, okay. Listen, why can you go like this, right? Well, I'm not going. I'm going at an angle, or like this, where I'm going like this, but I can't do this. It's just it's preposterous, right? Why yeah. that one thing is bad, or you know, another one that's so. Wait,
0: the referee. I didn't know this. The referee is sitting there and trying to determine: Did you go twelve to six, or did you go like one to seven?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you cannot <laughs> go straight. You can't go
0: straight down like this with an elbow. Yeah, and
1: it's but it's, how do they see that? It's dumb. Well, I mean, John Jones. The I think he's only ever lost one fight, and it was because of DQ, and it was because of that. He did. Yeah. He 12 to six double, uh, Matt Hamill, I believe. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's a really stupid rule, but then there's another one like kneeing to the head of a grounded opponent. So in one championship where I fought in Asia, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do that. And like in my take, it's a really good fighting technique because what what you want for mixed martial, in my opinion, you want fighting to emulate real life with mm-hmm. some of the bullshit taking like an eye gouge or a hitting the nuts, you know, like <laughs>
0: throwing sand. Yeah. <laughs> so like
1: if you're holding someone in for a headlock and wrestling, so I have you, your head in your arm holding you down, I can't strike you because I'm using my hands to hold you, right? But if I have my knees, now I can actually knee you and I can cause damage, and you're in a you're in a compromised position, mm-hmm. which you are in a compromised position right and uh so you know there's certain things that are probably still illegal that you could probably make legal and make it a little more realistic of a fight but yeah they, they did a really good job and then obviously then the ultimate fighter was like 2005 and that um, this sport explodes that's when it, it explodes yeah so they had the reality show component of it that people were into and then you know they had the forrest griffin stefan bonner which was in the season finale that everyone kind of even if you don't know mixed martial arts, you kind of remember that because it's just these two dudes just freaking throwing down, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So then after that, boom, it took off. And then honestly, during Corona, when Dana had the balls to to keep everything going, you know, he's one of the first pro sports to start up again. Actually, right here in Florida, in Jacksonville, um, they kind of hit another like boom and kind of went up again. Yeah.
0: The. Thing that's fascinating to me is you said wrestlers work hard, mm-hmm. sometimes even harder than uh, other uh, disciplines. And the UFC, when people see this, they're like, "These mm-hmm. guys are in shape. They're mm-hmm. obviously working hard, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they are going in there, and they are just absolutely destroying each other, yeah. right?" In, uh-huh. in many of these fights. But I think back to like high school. You always knew who the wrestler was because there was two things that they would do. (laughs) Uh, Oh, actually, three things. One, they all smelled horribly. (laughs) Oh, boo! (laughs) Right. Two is uh, I remember there was a couple of guys that would walk around like these cups, and they were always spitting in the cups. I'm like, what are you spitting in the cup for? Like, we're trying to cut weight. I was like, why don't you just like go like work out or whatever? Yeah. But like that, we can talk about why they were doing that. but, But that. And then the third thing was they all hung out together, and just no one messed with them
1: right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like
0: nobody really messed with the football team. No yeah. one would mess with like most of the sports, but like for whatever reason, the wrestlers, like you never just knew you're like, oh, they kind of sort of yeah, know yeah. how to fight and like, oh, let's just like leave them over there <laughs> yeah. and like not screw with them. Yeah. Uh, but at, like talk about spitting in the cup, like in oh, high school, man. it was such a ridiculous thing, right? People would be like, why are they yeah. doing that? And then when you start to learn about it, you're like, oh, wait a second. Like they don't want to do this. They
1: have no, to No, they this. shouldn't be spinning. The cup. Okay. All right. a- Explain. Well, that would be, okay. So Oh, where do I start? Well, yeah, first let me step back first. So when you don't mess with wrestlers, because it is, like you said, you actually said it earlier. It is a little bit like a fight. Yeah, it's a physical confrontation. You can't. There's a few things you can't do, but it's kind of a fight. In you know?
0: school, you yes. aren't gonna uh, eye gouge someone yeah. or like you know like try to kill them. Yeah. So like actually yeah. most school fights, maybe there's a couple punches done, yeah. but they end up in wrestling. Yes. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, yeah. one of the main reasons.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things, you know, Max and I, uh, so we own five wrestling academies in Wisconsin and we, we really push back. And I think all, almost all of America is, I don't say we're there yet, but we're close with the weight cutting is not beneficial. Okay. Explain. Uh, I, I, well, I, so I have theories on historically why people think cutting weight is, is good for you or, um, good for, as well say good for your success. Um, but, you know, over the course of a high school wrestling season, an athlete will have to make weight somewhere around 20 times, right, between dual meets and tournaments and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so if you're really focused on losing weight and spitting in a cup and doing all these other things, um, you're not going to be focused on getting better at wrestling. You're not going to enjoy it nearly as much because um, even if you're tough, cutting weight sucks. Even when you're an mm-hmm. adult, cutting weight sucks. Mm-hmm. Um and These guys
0: look miserable they're when they me, yeah. were
1: doing it. I mean, yeah, cutting weight's miserable, yeah. just ge- generally speaking. And um,
0: explain for a second, like, what goes into cutting weight? Yeah. Like, when someone's serious about yes. it, what are all the things?
1: Well, so, about? okay, so I would get generally high school, I would advise kids cut almost no almost no weight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you weigh 170 pounds and the weight class is, well, let's we'll just do it. Uh, If you're 173 and the weight class is 170, the next one's up 183. Like, for someone that big to lose three pounds, it's, like, really minimal. Like, maybe eat a little less that day, and maybe you get a workout in, and boom, you're 170, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you were to say, well, I want to wrestle 160, well, that's kind of a long ways away. It's 13 pounds. Um, now, for, like, a UFC fighter, now, they're going to only make weight. So, like I said, in high school season, you're probably going to make weight 20 times. Mm-hmm. UFC guys are going to make weight three to four times per year, mm-hmm. right? It did, additionally... It's going to be a day before weigh in, right? So high school wrestling, college wrestling, it's a one hour weigh in. You weigh in, and then an hour later, the competition begins. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So meaning, so if you're cutting a lot of water weight, you're not going to compete well. Yeah, right. You're just not going. You're to. dehydrated. You're dehydrated. You feel like crap. Yes, and yeah. So, so like, it's it's just a really bad idea. Why do they do that? Uh, well, I got, I, got, I have my historical reason if you want to think. Yeah, so, of course. But no, for um, for for fighting, it, it makes sense because yes, in a twenty four hour ish period, you can feel significantly better mm-hmm. than what you did, right? So, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of guys, and and actually as an adult adult male specifically, I mean females lose weight, but not nearly as rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, sweating, I mean, I can I I and I'm not on probably the high end of the spectrum, but I can sweat five to seven pounds in an hour, mm-hmm. right? Put some warm clothes on, get it going. And mm-hmm. weight comes off like that, you know?
0: <laughs> for real, <laughs> what, get it going. What, what would you, you know, do?
1: Uh, well, so I mean, well, okay. So the key is to not work too hard. If I'm cutting weight, I don't work too hard, right? So I'll get it, I'll work hard for about 15 to 20 minutes. I'll start sweating hard. And then I don't got to work that hard i don't okay. overwork myself
0: so like what do you do in that 15 to 20 minutes i'm fascinated uh, yeah, by the it, cutting it, weight it thing. might
1: be it might be running right okay. it might be hitting mitts um i know like in fighting i would like so it's just,
0: like no, it's like normal things it's not some crazy thing where you got like a trash bag on yeah, and but you're you, like
1: you want it you want to get your heart rate up okay that's that's one of where high school kids like so high school the spitting the cup it's like just they're being wimps and they don't want to go work out it's ridiculous interesting so like if i ever saw my kids doing that i'd be, stop yeah. this is ridiculous just go freaking work out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Stop spitting the cups. Because
0: all they're trying to do is just
1: get And you're not going to lose barely any weight. You're going to lose like. <laughs> No, over the course of if you just bit for a couple hours you might lose like half a pound or 3 cou- <laughs> like, you're not gonna lose anything it's just ridiculous you know so just like stop you look you look preposterous I mean honestly if you want me to go like deep down into the human psyche yeah. those kids probably want attention from other kids about the, the plight of what they're doing in, right in
0: hindsight that is what it appeared to be it, for sure yeah. it is, it it is, is like it a, is. I'm a wrestler this is part of the yes. wrestling culture I want a
1: little bit of attention I want yeah. people to know how tough this is that's I mean I, that's human beings like they want attention for specific things unfortunately yeah. so So, um, well, okay. So my historical thought process on why people cut weight, I don't think I've ever said this on air. I've talked, I've talked to other people about this is, um, right. Uh, we know correlation and causation aren't the Mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, way back when we go far enough back in wrestling, um, the toughest people won the matches because there wasn't there wasn't a lot of moves it was kind of just like who's the toughest is probably going to win because mm-hmm. they're stronger and they're meaner and etc cetera, etc cetera, because there's not a high level of technique or thought process or all the things <laughs> and so then the toughest people can also probably cut the most weight because they're the toughest you know so whether whether or not they would have cut the most weight they probably were going to win because they were the toughest and so then a lot of people then correlated those things oh that guy cut a lot of weight and he won I have to cut a lot of weight in order to win also, Interesting. you know? And so I think it was like highly correlational and not causational. Cause even like, um, you know, in current era, you know, a guy like Jordan Burroughs, who, you know, he's one of the best ever, but he in the Olympics wrestles at 74 kilograms, which is 163 pounds. Well, he went up, um, and challenge it on full wrestling. He challenged this guy named David Taylor, who's the world champ at 86. They're both from America, 86 kilograms, which is 20 what 22 pounds. I'm messing up the kilos. I think it's 22 pounds higher, mm-hmm. and he lost. But it was four to it was four to four, right? So I don't want to explain why it's not tied, but uh, it's four to four, meaning that like those guys are kind of far apart weight wise, but wrestling is wrestling. If you're really good at wrestling, a few pounds doesn't really matter all that much you know if you're highly skilled you're highly skilled you can wrestle someone who's a few pounds bigger than you and it's fine
0: how big of a jump was it so you're uh this illustrious wrestling career Mm -hmm. college olympics and then you go out to asia and when you're in asia like how big of a leap is it to go from wrestling to actually like fighting in the cage
1: um not for me it wasn't that big at all um yeah, I don't. Know. I just always like. I, I mean, so one of the big reasons why I did MMA. I mean, there's a couple, right? One of them was that there was no money in wrestling at that point in time. Um, I just kind of liked fighting. I, you know, I enjoyed watching it. Obviously, even in the early days, I was watching it when it wasn't popular. When Tough came out, then I watched it a lot. My college buddies watched it a lot. A few of them ended up fighting and having a lot of success. Uh, but I always just liked fighting, you know. And so for me, it wasn't really all that different. I, I've just kind of always enjoyed and still do enjoy combat.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you guys get in a lot of fights in college?
1: I did not. Um, that's not saying other people didn't, but <laughs> yeah. I, I was generally kind of even tempered. I actually never, I still have never drank. Um, so I was the one kind of watching out for everybody else or like, uh-huh. you know, if they got in a fight, then I'm like, all right, you know, you got to go. We got we to gotta get, <laughs> get you out of here. You know, I was the one taking care of everyone. So, no, I generally didn't get in any fights. Um probably just because I didn't get angry all that much. And, you know, obviously if, especially if you're a wrestler and you get a fight, there's probably a lot of negative things that can happen to you also. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. Um, so as you kind of go through your career, uh, <laughs> what was Asia like? I mean, we've talked about this before, yeah. but, like, when, one of the things, as I've learned more and more about UFC, MMA, and, like, mm-hmm. the history of a lot of this stuff, uh, <coughs> it seems like most of America was, like, completely unaware of what was happening in Asia. Yeah. And now there's maybe a little bit more awareness yeah. between the two?
1: Um well, yeah, I mean, one championship specifically, they signed that uh, it's an Amazon Prime Video deal, mm-hmm. right? So they're on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's once a month or I don't know exactly what the cadence is. Well, actually, um, Japan specifically. So one championship's out of Singapore, but they do it. They have cards kind of everywhere, um, but Japan specifically had this organization called Pride, uh, which was I don't recall when it was founded, probably somewhere in the mid mid to late nineties, and they were kind of I don't know if you'd say the best but we would always see viral clips in the U S like you
0: wouldn't see anything. And then you would just see this clip and you'd be like, yo, I don't know where that person came from, but like, that was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so
1: they, I mean, they had, you could have definitely argue they had a better roster than the UFC for a while, for a while there, the UFC actually ended up buying them along with a few other organizations. But, um, I mean, I, I mean one of the things that was hilarious about pride was that they, they, not only allowed peds they encourage peds what yes so i have you know i've had some friends and they said you know they would say they would go over there to fight and the owners you know it would say specifically on the contract we do not test for peds right or steroids or anything Mm -hmm. but they would say hey um you're looking a little soft Do you need anything is there anything we can get you Really? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so and that was uh, and some of these guys were like almost larger than life in that sense, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, um, you know, most of them came to the UFC and had uh, a relatively similar amount of success. There was a few that came over, and especially when Usada started testing in Mm -hmm. the UFC, they, you know, there's some of them you could could look at their records and they were like like this. It's almost it's almost insane to me. I would think that I've never taken them, but I would think if I did take them. They would have a small boost on my performance. Maybe I get a little stronger, a little better endurance. Um, But some of these dudes, they literally were like world champ level. And then they were like one in seven. And you're like, wait.
0: You think think PEDs can have that big of an impact? Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, the the most obvious case, the one that like is. uh, Yeah, let's get some names. Well, (laughs) it's almost indisputable. And listen, I cannot prove that, that. Well, actually, I think he got busted in the early days. So, I can't prove this guy did, but a guy like Vitor Belfort. If you, I don't know, can we pull pictures on the screen? No. I always no, 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 love that one. We need a screen back here so I can pull so you guys can see these. But, like, I mean, he is like, oh my God. Like, you look at him, like, you're like, holy crap. And then he goes, Usada comes in and you mm. see a picture of him and you're like, wait, wait, is that the same guy? Like, I really? wish you could see a picture right now yeah. so you could see the, the difference between the two bodies. Yeah. And it's just like, and it, but there's a handful of people who you, you don't know that they, took anything. Like mm-hmm. there's no proof. I I actually think he did test positive at
0: some point. Um do you think the sport would be better off if people just were allowed to no. take it? No? No.
1: Uh, well I guess you maybe, say that like it's
0: a no-brainer, but I feel like there's a lot of people who would argue it would be better off if they okay, did well
1: be, I mean better off if you're if you're saying strictly for my or your entertainment i think you have an argument okay if you think of like the but the athletes in the sport because a lot of this stuff there's not really much long-term data on the effect mm-hmm. effects of it right of and then there's also not long-term effects on um and you know this is one of the reasons i i don't want say i got out but you know i stopped sparring for a while because this is like there's no super long-term data on like cte and mm-hmm. brain trauma and stuff like that and so now if you're telling me well i'm gonna let you take a whole bunch of steroids and get better at giving people brain trauma you know,
0: yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, it feels like a really dangerous. Do a recipe. lot of fighters
0: talk about the brain stuff? Uh,
1: not really, no. Yeah. I mean, so for me, um, I, I watched a Concussion. It was actually, I was actually flying to a fight in Asia, and I watched a Concussion. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sketchy and you, you got one or you watched it? no no i watched that, oh. the movie remember the movie that came oh, the out movie. oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so um so the movie came out and I watched it. i'm watching like, oh man and i'm you know i'm like you know what i'm gonna still keep fighting i, st- I literally stopped sparring that was 2016 and i, I didn't spar anymore because i'm like well why am i taking all this brain trauma in practice like that's just unnecessary so i'm like well i'm still gonna fight but so i did like uh, a lot of pad work and i the simulated stuff in, in practice um but then, you know, I kept reading up on it and I'm very, I'm very skeptical because there was a study that came out later on CTE that I thought was just completely preposterous. And it said 99% of people who played football for more than one year have CTE, uh, which is so if you think like, well, that's like 94% of American males above the age of 40. Uh, and then it said, but then it said, this was the one that really put me off. It said 87% of people who played only one year of football still developed it. And you're like, wait, okay, so that's going to be like everybody.
0: So basically if you just get hit in the head at all. Ever,
1: yeah. yeah. So that was what I'm like, okay. Because obviously if you put the threshold low enough, yeah, you know, you can get a bunch of – you can make these results that look really damning and you put a bunch of people over the threshold by putting the threshold low. And so I think I think the jury's probably still out on that. And then, you know, um, where my brain goes is too is uh, lots of times these people who maybe find a cage for a living – or if you put NFL in like seventies and eighties and nineties, because it's where a lot of these tests run, it's like you probably had um, a really high threshold for risk, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of these dudes are probably doing PEDs. They're mm-hmm. probably doing. Uh, Dude,
0: Lawrence Taylor was taking cocaine during <laughs> the game.
1: Recreational <laughs> drugs, right? Late night partying. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's like, how do all these factors all mix together in this? So that's yeah. still the
0: wildest sports story of all time to me. I don't care yes. what. There's nothing that anyone will ever tell me well, that is more said wild. He was. Th- was doing what? Cocaine before the match
1: uh I don't think it was actually before I think it was like a day one day before yeah I think I'm pretty sure he came out and said that did he get busted ever for it he got busted for cocaine yeah
0: yeah but like for, like because he did it fought and then got tested right after the fight or it was uh, like during this like, is why I, w-
1: I wish we I wish we had a screen we could bring up here okay John Jones definitely got busted for it yeah I I don't recall. when it was I want it well so okay so I think it was during a fight because uh, with USADA, they have some they have a substance list mm-hmm. that is in competition mm-hmm. right so there's some substances they'll test for out of competition right mm-hmm. so if i come to the gym and you're training uh, i'll test you for this list of gym, and they just right? show up
0: and they're all like they let's go yeah just go, just yeah. go yep. pee yep.
1: pee or blood right what? or both oh got it yeah but in competition there's some other ones that are get added to the list right mm-hmm. so and I, I think i'm pretty sure cocaine is one of them or other And our guy this
0: is a dumb question but our guys like ducking them like yo they're here well, john
1: jones he's coming up a lot
0: yeah The The, big story
1: is John Jones hid under the cage the one time (laughs) when you saw to look for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to like literally, of course, of course someone did that. (laughs) Right. Like, like if they're there and you think there's a risk of getting busted, then yeah. I mean, it's like human nature. Like dude, go, like go in the closet, go under the cage, whatever. And so, and tell them I'm not here. Like, is that like a crazy? are we surprised that someone
1: did that? You get, you get three whereabouts. It's called whereabouts failures. So with you saw to um I haven't been in the pool for a couple of years, so actually, okay. I actually, and I piloted in 2019. I piloted this thing where they were; it was connected to your phone, so they could see where you were at. Which I thought that was tremendous because otherwise, you got to fill stuff out, right? And then if I say I filled so out, you liked it
0: that they knew where you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I didn't want them to be like, I mean, okay, because when I was in USA in when I was training for the Olympics, I mean, at that point in time, this is 2007 eight, you had to fill out paperwork and fax it. Right. And so you had to do your schedule three months at a time. So if I told you, um, Hey, I was going to be here from, uh, what time did I get here? 1030, 1030 to 1230 or whatever. Right. And so I put that on my schedule. Well, first of all, how am I on my schedule three months at a time? Yeah. That's okay. Crazy. But if I did put it on my schedule and then you said, Hey, actually, can we go n- at noon? Right. And they showed up here at 1030. I would have an hour to show up. Otherwise I'm going to get a whereabouts failure.
0: Interesting. Right?
1: And so now what? Now, in in current landscape with email and text, it's, man, you got to be, you kind of got to be trying to miss a whole bunch of them. Yeah. But back then it was like, you had to, you know, if I want to change something, I'm going to have to fax paperwork somewhere. Like, well, (laughs) I got to go find a fax machine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the butt.
0: This episode is brought to you by Arculus. Arculus is the next generation crypto and NFT cold storage wallet that combines one of the world's strongest security protocols with the easiest to use form factor and app. They have three-factor authentication, and you can use your PIN and Arculus keycard along with biometrics. They don't compromise your holdings by requiring a USB port, charging, or browser connections. With Arculus, you're protected from hackers and institutions freezing your access. Learn more today and buy it now at GetArculus.com. You can use promo code POMP to save 15%. GetArculus.com, use promo code POMP. And remember, with Arculus, it's your keys, your crypto. This episode is brought to you by Eight Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, and the Eight Sleep Pod is the ultimate sleep machine. The pod is the only sleep technology that dynamically cools and heats each side of the bed to maintain the optimal sleeping temperature for what your body needs. With the pod, you can start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. What is the result? Clinical data shows that Eight Sleep users experience up to 19% increase in recovery, 32% improvement in sleep quality, and up to 34% more deep sleep. How do I know it works? I sleep on it every single night, and it works so well that I begged the founders to let me invest in the company. Go check them out today at eightsleep.com/pomp to start sleeping cool this summer and save $150 on the pod. Again, eightsleep.com/pomp. And you get $150 off when you use code POMP. This episode is brought to you by Valor, which represents what's next in the digital economy. They provide simplified trusted access in crypto, decentralized finance, and Web3 investment opportunities. Institutions and investors can gain diversified, secure, compliant, and easily tradable access to a diversified set of industry-leading equity products and protocols, all through a single stock purchase on a regulated exchange. They currently are listed in the U.S. under the DEFTF stock ticker and on the Canadian NEO exchange under DEFI. For more information or to subscribe to receive company updates and financial information, visit their website at Valor.com. That's V-A-L-O-U-R.com. And so when they show up, uh, I recently saw, yeah. uh, I'm going to mess it up. Costa? Costa. No, I think it was oh. a. Uh, I don't want to say names because I'm going to mess it up, but I came across an NFL player, an NBA player. Uh, I think an NBA player, and he said it was for the Olympics. He wanted to play in the Olympics, oh, and he used a uh, uh, fake dick And uh, for the. Uh, you started to looks test. at your dick. So this, is, this was the question. I think he was talking to Shannon. Sh- uh, I think it was Shannon Sharp, I think. Uh, and basically, uh, he had a fake one, and yeah. he went in uh, to go pee, and he said they didn't look, and he just used the fake one. And he, you know, he made it look like he was peeing, mm-hmm. but he had the fake one, and uh, yeah. it was clean uh, pee, and he 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 made it, and I think he went to the Olympics. Uh, but I've always wondered, because, like, in college, mm. they 100% are not letting anything go. Yeah. Like—
1: no, you sod around it generally seat. supposed to, you know, not to get too profane out of these cameras, but you're supposed to like pull your pull your thing down here and then you lift your shirt up here, you know, so you're you're so they can see. Exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can see that there's none of that stuff going on. Is because, there a lot of PEDs
0: in college, you think, or not? not
1: really? Uh I mean they they test relatively frequently. There was actually unfortunately, there was just in wrestling. There was two d three kids that won nationals one at one a seven last year and one at heavyweight who I believe got busted so uh, wow. yeah, I know right uh but in re- i, I listen, I'm sure there are, but yeah. how many kids actually get busted it's
0: it's really not that I feel much. like it's easier to trick people in college than it is at the u f c uh try- <laughs> um which hmm. is like like the the pool of athletes is so much bigger, right you have yeah every wrestling team at every college Sure, 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 yeah. The group of people who are trying to figure that out is probably yeah. so much smaller than, oh, yeah, uh, like yeah. on a, like on a per you know yeah, yeah. drug tester to like a uh, uh, wrestler basis well, yeah. compared to the UFC. And also they kind of know like who's in, who's out, who yeah. who are we paying attention to, who are we not, who's coming up with a fight. You know, yeah. like you can almost like start yeah. to back into like what would the cycling. But uh, the other thing in MMA be? is there's also way more money in it. Right. And mm-hmm. so
1: um, when there's way more money and you have resources to figure things out. So I think there's probably I mean, OK, so if you look at you can go back and you, and you saw his website and see who's failed. And like the amount of wrestlers that have failed something since like 2008, it's like re- a really small number. Like there's they're, they're been failures, but not a lot. And, you know, so they're testing. You got three styles of wrestling men's, women's and Greco, um, and they're testing probably the top five or six people per weight class mm-hmm. um so it's not quite as many as ufc but it's it's, it's an amount not. yeah but you saw your you saw it in ufc you're seeing kind of a lot of failures you know so you just kind of extrapolate that and say well if this many people are failing there's probably a lot of people who are also doing it either getting away with it or maybe they have better methods of doing it mm-hmm. where they know they can pass tests because if you watch i mean you probably, probably watch icarus right mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. they knew how
0: to beat the tests yeah, yeah. I-, I also think there's just a lot in other countries specifically there's a lot of just pay pay the like i'm not even gonna take the test yeah, right? yeah. you just pay someone off and uh well in
1: icarus I mean, they were helping the the russian anti-doping so like usada is actually trying to catch us like yeah. they are not trying to help us rusada was helping them figure out how to pass the test while still taking the substances mm-hmm. yeah so that was A I, I mean, that movie was wild wild i don't know if you remember that yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I, well the part that it uh was the filmmaker is like taking drugs over yeah. like Zoom or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, that was a- and, and, and he's like, doing it. And, and his point was like, this is crazy how much more uh, performance I get out of my body yeah. by doing this. And he's like, no yeah. shit. No wonder they're all trying to take this stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, what, you know what I thought was fascinating about that part of it was um, he actually didn't do that much better in the race. Mm-hmm. So his numbers were all way better. Like it was like power output or yep. whatever it was, were like way better. But then when it actually came to doing the race, so the one year he did the race clean and then the next year he, he doped. He didn't do that much better than the actual race, which I found that part to be uh, really fascinating. And I, I wish they would have. And I know the movie took a different turn because oh, the movie took a different turn because of, you know, who that guy Rodchenko yep. ended up being. But I wish they would have discussed kind of like more about the, the second year and why his performance wasn't that good, despite his numbers and everything being way, way up.
0: All I know is Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds aren't hitting the 75 home runs or whatever. But wasn't
1: everyone in that era doing something? Of course. Oh, okay. But, but the whole point
0: is like, it, it's kind of like uh, Aaron Judge, right? Like they they see the numbers and they're like, yeah, we get what the real, Wait, Aaron the real record. No, 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 no. Oh. He, he just hit a 60 second home mm-hmm. run, right? And so there's still this like, Yeah, we know what the record is, but also there's like uh, the purist still appeal to the 61, right? And so I think that there is this uh, very weird recognition of, okay, somebody did at one point hit over 70, but also like asterisk. Whatever. Yeah. But weren't the pitchers doping too?
1: That was because I
0: was kind of, of a baseball fan.
1: So if they're doping, they're harder to hit too. So it's kind of like an equivalent. My thing.
0: favorite is that they've gone back and forth on like the stuff that they put on their hats, like the, uh, oh, yeah, like, the right, slick they, yeah, stuff I've or whatever. Thing, yeah, yeah. And, and then you've got like the uh, tar on the bat, like all yes. this stuff. So it's like, look, where's the line? And mm, yes, um, if you think about, you know, there's uh, a world where athletes used to smoke cigarettes eat hot dogs, (laughs) like do all the stuff in the dugout. Right. Yes. And then somebody was like, I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes, but I'm still going to drink beer and eat hot dogs. And somebody else was like, I'm going to stop drinking beer and eating hot dogs. And like somebody was like, I'm going to go for a run. somebody was like, I'm going to lift weights. And like, like (laughs) like, like there has been this progression, right? Like Babe Ruth looks like an average, you know, 50 year old male today. And he's out here hitting bombs. Right. But what about in the, in the seventies in baseball so
1: I, I used to love all sports, and I really read a lot of biographies. They had these things—I can't remember what they're called now, like Greenies, maybe—where they were like they were like uppers. There was some type of amphetamine that, that of was course. like anyone could grab in in the dug uh, or sorry in the in the locker room,
0: but like. Okay, so you do that. That's not allowed, let's yes. say, right? But like Gatorade's allowed. Yeah. Right. And now again, Gatorade is focused on helping you recover. Yeah. Right. Electrolytes, mm-hmm. like the whole thing. So it's like we have made decisions as to what's allowed and yeah. what's not. And mm-hmm. I know before everyone freaks out, it's like they're talking about steroids and Gatorade, right? But like <laughs> doesn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you look at this, there is a world where yes. uh Medicine and Absolutely. technology is going to continue to like what if somebody says, You know what, I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put a chip in my brain.
1: That's yeah, that's going to be like, is that now. gonna be allowed? I don't want to discuss <laughs> who was it on someone was on Lex talking about that and it kind of freaked me out a little bit.
0: But, like, what was his name? Are we going to allow athletes like, yeah. is there going to be a, a brain enhanced division and a non brain enhanced oh, division? Yeah, that's gonna be weird, right? Now. Like, what's better taking PDs. Or putting a brain in your chip, yeah. and or putting a chip in your brain, and like, do you get faster reaction times from the chip?
1: Yeah, I don't so know. I actually, got, I actually got this theory on on the specifically anabolic steroids and PEDs. Okay, because um, I, I think you're right. I think there's you know there is a, there you know it's maybe tough tougher than people want to admit to draw the line of where we're gonna draw the you know the line of what you can and can't use. But I think the really negative connotations towards steroids because they don't necessarily have those in a lot of other countries. It's mm-hmm. American centric specifically is because everyone associated the communists with using the steroids. Right. Oh. And it was the cold war. And so anything they're doing is, is it's really, bad. is really bad. You know, the East Germans and the Russians and CCP. Yeah. So, um, yeah,
0: those, I, those dudes I, did look stacked.
1: Well, like, like, <laughs> they were giving it to women too. remember it really messed them up. It was bad. <laughs> It was not good.
0: Can you imagine that being your job?
1: Well, there was a bunch of, I believe there's a bunch of women's records. I I hope I'm right on this. I wish, I need someone to fact check me right now while I'm saying all these things. I believe there's a whole bunch of women's records from the era in track and field that still haven't been beaten. Really? Because they they were using such, uh, you know, so many performance enhancers. And then obviously it started having really negative effects on their just everyday life. So they backed off on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder how many people in business take PEDs. Like oh, Jeff yeah. Bezos, he, he's doing oh, something. He's My guy's doing something. He's, no, he's obviously. He might right, it yes. just be working out.
1: No, he's <laughs> not. But that's what it's like. Okay, listen. All okay, right. So you asked me earlier like about PEDs in MMA. And when you're trying to cause harm to another person, I think there's probably, for me, the line is a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. If you, you're talking about baseball, Ah, I'm trying to hit a ball. Like, I don't give a damn what you, you know, I really do
0: Cause it's less about you're hurting other people and it's more yeah. just what you choose to do with your own body.
1: Yeah. So that, you know, that would be more like, I don't care quite as much. I mean, you would still have the competitive nature of like, if, if you and I are trying to make a major league team mm-hmm. and you're taking it, now do I feel like I have to take it in order mm-hmm. to, you know, see if that thing. Uh, but we're talking about like, uh, uh, how much basil, 50, 60, something like that. Yeah. Uh, he wants to take some of these things, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. You're not
0: competing with anyone. Just go do it. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing something, right? Yeah, obviously. Uh, And it could literally part of what I'm always like careful of is like it could just be like hormone optimization. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be like he's getting injected with things, right? And maybe those are the same thing. Maybe those are two different programs, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, But also, it goes back to: is there a problem with it? Right, like, yeah. if you go to okay, well, uh, so I invested in a company. They do um, uh, testosterone enhancement, yeah, right? Uh-huh. And uh, I've been scared shitless. I, I haven't taken the product or anything because so I'm like, I don't know. What, what are it you scared does. of? I, I just don't know enough. I don't. I don't know the science, right? But like, it's fascinating to me that they've. Done a bunch of work. They have people who are using it. These people are not like Joe Blow on the street at like, uh you know, Gold's Gym who are like, oh, let me just get whatever the guy next to me has. These are super educated, you Mm -hmm. know, high income people who have done the work, usually under a doctor who's recommending whatever. And a lot of the benefits they talk about are not like get washboard abs, get massive biceps. It's like mental clarity, higher energy, like things that people are like yo, I would like that. Like yeah. I drink six cups of coffee a day because I'm trying <laughs> to you know, <laughs> yeah. get clarity, right? Uh-huh. So like, it does feel like we focus on the physical attributes, yes. but there are mood, yeah, so. energy, clarity, you know, mental clarity, whatever, yeah. that I think most people are actually okay with maybe. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't care about a Jeff Bezos or a business person doing whatever they're doing. And I think- um I think there's probably at this point more than, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, money going into that, right? There's a lot of people who want to figure out, yeah, how do I feel as good as possible as long as possible? Mm -hmm. Um, I was just listening. There was that guy in Rogan, uh, Brigham Bueller, kind of talking about that. Um, What was he saying? uh, Well, he was talking about, which I almost – I freaking tried to do it twice and I failed, but stem cells. I was going to go to Columbia. Really? Really? Yeah, in 2020 um, – or was it twenty one? What is it? Stem cell. Which, they have, it, so
0: it, explain what the, like what's the purpose of it? Uh, so
1: my my I have some. So it's not like they're terrible. My shoulders, kind of like doesn't you know loss of range of motion. My hips not this the the. So I had surgery on this one. This one's not that great. Uh, my brother has some neck issues and some back issues. So uh, and I just heard really positive um things like they think, take
0: your stem cells.
1: Nope, 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 no no uh, okay. no. It's called uh. So it's, I believe uh, so. There's two ways to pronounce it, mesenchymal or mesenchymal, okay? Um, and they're supposed to be like really, really good for your body's regeneration. Um, and I was gonna go one time, and I can't remember what something happened. And the second year, they told me I had to get vaccinated, and I said, "I'm, uh, you ain't gonna force me to do nothing, right? I'm out." Right? The Columbia <laughs> government said, to "We're get gonna the hit country. you up
0: with stem cells, but you also yeah, have to take." so this I said, thing. "I'm out."
1: So I might go back at some point. I don't know. But he was talking about stem cells and their positive effect. He was also talking about um, for his for his self. Um, he was overweight and trying to get in shape and he couldn't figure out why. And so he took a big blood panel and, uh, his testosterone was really, really low. And once he got that back up to like, I guess, normal levels, like everything started getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of research going into like health and wellness and how do we feel as good as possible as long as possible you, you
0: saw the dana white thing where he said he got the blood panel done and he lost like 30 pounds or whatever yeah uh-huh. it, fe- it feels like that was the single greatest ad for anything in the world yeah right? it's just sure. like a guy who's just like yo, this changed my life
1: yeah absolutely i mean i, I uh <laughs> this is like totally off topic but i was just thinking i actually almost went like instagram live just to talk sometimes i feel like i don't know if you ever do this but it's like you just need to talk about something and so you just want to talk and you want people to hear you and like you don't really care about what did you want to talk about how fat everyone was in Las Vegas. I was just there a couple days ago. Really, it felt like, oh my god, why is everyone so like, fat? like average people just walking around? Like, bro, do you understand? Such, you live in America. I know, I know, and the I average I watch this, American I know, is fat. I understand, but it seemed like for I don't know what was hitting me, but it seemed like extra fat. And it was like, how <laughs> how do you people not realize this is having such negative long term effects on your body, on your mind, on all of these things, you know? And so, I, yeah. And then, you know, just coupled with a couple of those podcasts, it's like I think people are just so um, – not all people, because I think I think highly successful people are really into their health right now and, mm-hmm. like, figuring out how do I do this best, how do I take care of myself, how do I age well. Um, but there's a lot of America who's just, like, jam in whatever fast food, food's kind of unhealthy, whatever medicine my doctor gives me, I'm taking that, whether – you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's like I think there's <laughs> a lot of Americans who probably cure their health problems by – losing 70
0: pounds and just working out on a daily basis. Here's This isn't as much of a hot take today yeah. as it probably was five years ago, yeah. maybe even 10 years ago. Uh, I think that a lot, not all, but a lot of the mental health issues in America are due to bad oh. diet, bad uh, exercise habits, yeah. like all the like health stuff. And I recently had a guy who's a, a heart surgeon. He mm-hmm. came on. And he was talking about the relationship between metabolic health and mental health. Mm-hmm. And so like we love to talk about the mental health stuff, yeah. right? As a society and, and I think it's more so entered the like lexicon yeah. and, and kind of mm-hmm. culture or whatever. Uh, and I think it's well documented yeah. that people are unhealthy, but there isn't like this connection. And so it's, yeah. again, even if it was 10%, 10% of people who have a mental health challenge, yeah. obstacle or, or problem, if they could simply eat better and work out and that would cure that, or or maybe even just mitigate it to some degree, mm-hmm. like that seems like a thing yes. we should go do to tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Right? absolutely but that's not the thing that gets told it's yeah. like take this medicine do this like yeah i don't, mean, i don't know why well i was gonna, so not men not,
1: i you're, you're not so you're taking me right down the path of like all the different instagram lives i've thought about doing i actually do this mental monday so i do one a week and i was actually just probably gonna do this one i had a different one planned for today but i was probably gonna just put this one in the place because i've read these two books recently and they both what are the books uh it was meditations by marcus aurelius yeah. oh my gosh i'm forgetting the name of the second one what was it about um it's about uh, – it's that damn journalist who does the undercover journalism. What's his damn name? Who? Um, uh, Project Veritas. What's his oh, name? Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't know the guy's name. Uh, O'Keefe. 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 Yeah, yeah. James I, O'Keefe. Uh, yes, him. yeah. His book. I don't recall what the name of the book is right now. But he was talking about doing
0: – Man, those are really unt- – <laughs> you're, yeah, you're going love, for like the full was,
1: <laughs> But it was, uh, you know, it was about um, doing hard things. And then so with my daughter, I talked about I genuinely think the mental health stuff in America – is because we have we have too much time and our lives are too easy. Yeah, it's right? Boredom, 100%. Well, yeah, I'm like, dude, you're out like, like think about America 100 years ago and you're a farmer and you're out working in the fields all day. You ain't got much time to think about how you feel. Like, no, you just got to keep picking the corn or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, your life is hard or, you know, instead of driving somewhere, you know, you got to walk somewhere, right? I mean, like, life is just hard and you're worried about how do I get done with my day and how to do you do things? And, you know, I'm sure uh, the world is much better today than it was 100 years ago. But there, there's something to be said there. And then so then to pair that with the books, it's like what I was thinking was because I was thinking about my athletes and, you know, because a lot of the talks go to my athletes and it's on the wrestling page is why do so many people want the easy way? You know, and when we mm-hmm. think about positive things, when you think about like what you look up to and what inspires you, you are always think about that person who did that hard thing, who overcame that adversity, who has this amazing story and you are inspired by them. And you're like wow, you know that person. He freaking grinded it out. It was so amazing what what they did, you know. And but then a lot of people are like, "What's the easiest way I can do this?" And it's like no, like that's that's not that's not what you should want. You should accept that it's going to be hard. If you want something great, you got to accept that it's going to be hard, and you got to be totally okay with that. And you got to grind. I mean, that's why I, I did give a book talk at the Light Queen Convention last week, and. Um,
0: you have a chapter on attitude, which is like yeah. exactly what uh, yeah. I, th- I feel like. It's just knowing that the hard stuff is the good stuff for you.
1: Yeah. But it's so, okay. So it's like anything really good is going to take you so many years of hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about like it, it, when I was 15 and it was, so I thought there's a couple of things, but it's like, it, that was completely, completely delusional, but I decided I wanted to go to the Olympics. Um, and given where I, my success was at that point in time, there's probably no good basis for that. I just figured out that's what I was going to do. Um, but that's, it was eight years away. Eight years, you know, and there are so many points along that journey where it's like hey, you hit this adversity, and you think like, "Shit, am I really gonna make it?" Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, had, I ended up being really good in high school, but then I go to college, and like, I, you know, I, I say the funny thing, you played football, uh, and that's I don't want I don't wanna pick on you, but it's kind of easy because if you're okay, if you're not, if you're not good in football, <laughs> they're like, "Hey, man, like you go stand over there and like hang out for a little bit." If you're not good in wrestling, you're getting your face rubbed in the mat. You know, mm-hmm. like, if you're not the starter, if you're not the guy, mm-hmm. you're getting beat up on by the guy every day. You, there's mm-hmm. no go sitting on the sidelines. It's just you're, you're getting face rubbed to the mat. So it's, like, it's very humbling. And so, you know, like, my freshman year, I went to college, and it's, like, I'm getting my ass kicked, like, every single day. It's, like, dude, I want to go to the Olympics. I was really good in high school. I'm literally getting my ass kicked every day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? and it's Why like, didn't you quit? Because, I, yeah, I mean, I, so, honestly, that was probably, for my wrestling journey, that was the the part where I most said – am I, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. You know, can I really do this? This is what I want to achieve. Can I really do this? Mm-hmm. And you know, that was where, you know, the scrambling came and all that stuff, but it was just like, yeah, you got to make that decision. Like, no, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back the next day. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to get too discouraged. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, obviously there's a few points that, along that journey where you're like, oh, dude, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like I suck. I like, get my ass kicked every day, but you just keep coming back, you know? And then eventually there's something that happened. I, well, I can tell you, I can tell you, know, I didn't put this in the book, but I can tell you exactly what happened for me. Um, you're curious, you want to know?
0: Yeah, of course. Good.
1: Yeah, I got my, <laughs> well, I got my ass kicked all fall in the restroom. So I go to college, I got my ass kicked all fall. Uh, I don't know why I didn't put this in the book. I probably should have put this in there. Um and I lost a whole bunch of matches. I only lost I lost eight matches in high school. In my four years of my actual college for my non-reasure year, I only lost eight matches. In that fall, I lost 10 matches. Wow. You know? So it's like I'm getting my ass kicked in the room every day, and then I'm losing to guys who like aren't really that good. And so I'm like, you know, having this, like, can I really be good? Like, am I really ever going to be able to do this? And I went back, and it was a non-recognition of the improvement I was making because when I left, me and my high school coach were very competitive. Like, I was starting to get the better of him a little bit, but he was probably still beating me more often than not. Mm-hmm. I went back four months later, right, so you leave in August. I came back in for a Christmas break, and, like, he couldn't score me. like Really? I, yeah, and it was like, oh, and then for me, it was like, it was, it was this mental hurt of, like, oh, my God. Yeah. I actually got a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. a
1: lot better. Like, I didn't realize it because I'm getting my ass kicked in the room every day, and I'm losing these matches to college guys. But holy moly, I got a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, and it clicked for me. And I'm like, okay, you know. And then I still had so I still had a few kind of like maybe maybe a handful of months till I really started like getting a lot better, but it will, like it clicked for me that day. What's
0: fascinating about this, uh, Robert Greene's got a book, Mastery, that I, oh, yeah, uh, I recently read, and uh, and he, one of the big things is like everyone thinks Mastery is just genius or mm-hmm. like a stroke mm-hmm. of luck or, or whatever, and he goes through example after example after example, including things yes. like, you know, Albert Einstein's uh, brother runs like a publishing shop, and so he gets to understand, yeah. or, uh, uh, sorry, Ben Franklin's uh, brother runs a, mm-hmm. uh, a publishing shop, whatever. Charles Darwin goes on this like seven-year journey around the world. He's like, collecting specimens from all these different yeah. places, and he like really is like, oh shit, maybe there's like evolution, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, but it also talks about like the grind, right? Yeah. It's like these people usually start out and they have no mastery. Yeah. And they go through the apprenticeship phase, and, like whatever. But he, he talks about this like essentially decades-long journey yes. to mm-hmm. build the mastery. And yeah. so you saying, like, I want to go to the Olympics, like, I'm not that good right now, but eight years from now, it's like. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, you overlay that to his theory yeah. and it almost plays out perfectly because you have to do every single day for hours a day yeah. and just build up the skill sets until you get to a point where you're like, yo, I can actually do this.
1: Yeah. So there's no, the notion that, uh, we should desire something that's easy. It, it's, it's such a flawed notion, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you get it easy, everyone can have it. You know, it's, if it's easy, then everyone's going to get it. Like we, we shouldn't want the things that are easy. We should strive for the things that are hard. Um, yeah so you know that and then like i go with awa now who that's ask wrestling academy my brother and i uh and actually my high school coach started it and you know we're 11 years in now and we've made like in, insane strides but it's like at no point was that easy you know it wasn't easy <laughs> well, What was the
0: hardest part about building that business
1: um well first of all i didn't i actually you know what's so funny i just met at the homecoming game in mizzou i met the b- dean of the business school and it was like mm-hmm. I wish I would have taken a business class. I took zero. <laughs> I took zero. You know, so I mean, for starters, I I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way because mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that, so
0: you and your brother just get together one day and you're like, "Yo, let's um, start a wrestling academy."
1: Well, okay, so he he had some serious injury issues. As mm-hmm. as I kind of said with the, with the stem cell thing. Um, he had some serious injury issues after college, and he went and just coached uh, for this family out of out of actually in New York out of college and then it wasn't enough time you know there was like i can't t- occupy his day so he's like what else do i do so i'll start a wrestling academy to kind of go along with that mm-hmm. so he started a wrestling academy out there and then our high school coach was you know the high school associations have really strict regulations on how much they can coach and stuff mm-hmm. he kind of always wanted to coach year around so like hey why don't we start this and we'll you know it'll go year round so you can coach all the time and then and then, incidentally, I also moved back to Milwaukee because mm-hmm. I wanted to train at Rufus, and so and then Max then moved back from New York a couple of years later. So um, we've been building ever since. But yeah, I mean, so the business aspect was first of like how do we how do we do this? You just like literally
0: go get a building, and you're like, yep. yeah, hey, we're well, gonna so rent this. I'll give,
1: you, I'll give you a stupid one. And this is like if I would have been more seasoned, I probably would have been like, go after yourself. But we were opening uh, our first academy, and the building inspector says, "Actually, you need this size of uh, air conditioner or something like that." So we we bought a twenty thousand uh, dollars air conditioner because they said we needed it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I don't know, like my a couple of buildings don't have any air conditioning at all. Like there's no way we actually needed that. Like he, <laughs> he freaking pulled it over. Yeah, it was probably it was probably honestly it was probably the building owner and the the city supervisor working or whatever is working together mm-hmm. to kind of. Maybe make something nicer because we thought we can take that with us when we leave, you know? Can't. Uh we cannot. So um, yeah. So there's something stupid like that, you know, where it's like that kind of play this in the beginning. Um, and then I mean, I don't want know if I wanna go into the wrestling business too much, but um
0: Is it a good business? No. No. I
1: love it. I love it, so I'm gonna do it forever. But yeah. like uh you know, it's it, – you obviously have, like, mostly fixed costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the Wrestling Academy stuff and, and, you know, the rent and and the salaries and stuff like that. But, um, you know, any Joe Schmo, and there's a lot of them, think they can start one. And they can if, – if they're compelling enough, they can convince a few people that they know what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if you do that and then three other people do that and they pull – you know, you each pull 10 kids – and convince those 10 kids they know what the hell they're talking about this this happens right but that's that's 40 kids that we don't have in our academy now mm-hmm. and um you know eventually their gig is going to be up because people will realize they're not really very good at coaching yep but who knows maybe that's two years or three years or four years down the road mm-hmm. and so you kind of have these like mom and pop shops kind of like opening up a lot and mm-hmm. it, you know the the barrier to entry for something like that is really low
0: you should just go wrestle them
1: just go whoop their ass
0: yeah Yeah. okay fine you can open up if you can beat me yeah it's not a bad idea right Uh Uh, in the book by the way I I have to call this out because there's not very many books I I read that have this Uh, you have a quote from yourself yes (laughs) at the attitude chapter it says every fighter is only as good as their last performance you have a great performance everyone thinks you're the champ you look like shit everyone tells you you suck (laughs) and it says me (laughs) 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 like first of all quoting yourself is awesome Uh, but like I do think social media, like that is a perfect example, right? When things are going well, it's like everyone loves yeah. you. When things are not going well, I've literally seen people who I thought was like, that person's best friend is now like dunking on them. Oh, really? On so- on social, of course. Mm-hmm. But like what you realize is like, they actually weren't best friends. You just thought they were, or like the perception was they were close friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, but obviously not. Yeah. And so it feels like social media exasperates just like the human condition, yeah. right? Yeah, and and so you true. do see people uh, fall in and out of favor very quickly. Yes. And I wonder how that plays into, whether it's wrestlers or other types of kids who are growing up and like, I don't know, when I was a kid, like we didn't have Twitter, yeah, right? We didn't have a lot of this stuff. We had uh, AOL Instant Messenger, but I like that was that. it.
1: I think we're at the same age, so I, I remember that. Yeah, like
0: that was pretty much it. And so like, yeah, you could talk to your friends, but <laughs> yeah. like- the most like social signaling you could really do there was like your away message.
1: Right. Yeah, or like, yeah, you're like, like yeah. maybe
0: your handle or, you know, yeah, your, your uh-huh. like uh, a name or whatever, but like, can you imagine growing up now and have TikTok and Instagram? Yeah. and like,
1: so me and my wife are, uh, my wife's trying to spear this thing where, where, um, uh, a lot of the families at our school agree to not give our kids, uh, social media or cell phones until eighth grade. Um, interesting yeah and i think it's great i, I support her in that and i, I think it's great so um, all
0: the kids if none of them have it then none of them want it
1: correct that would be the thing because that's why a lot i mean that's why a lot of people give the reason why they're giving their kids phones is because their friends have it and they're not getting invited or, mm. or whatever yeah but um i think i think i mean to your point i think social media is a lot for adults to handle um <laughs> but i mean for, for real though so I, I learned early on so my and it's in the book i talk about this um when I was 15 years old, so I was a sophomore in high school, um, I was headed towards the state tournament, mm-hmm. okay? And someone tells me, so it was the last weekend's sectionals and I kill everyone and I, I was really good that year uh, from a state perspective. And they say, hey, there's these forums and everyone's talking about you. Like, okay, what's a forum? I don't know what that is. You know, like, this is 2000, year 2000. So I didn't know what that was. So I'm like, yep. okay, I'll go, send me the address, I'll check it out, whatever. So I go there and all these people are talking about me and, you know, I was 15. So I'm like, nah, I'm gonna kick his ass and I'm gonna kick his ass. Oh, it's like
0: the competitors are in there talking. No, not the competitors. Oh, it was oh,
1: other oh. people talking about how oh. these other dudes were gonna beat me at the state tournament, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, nope, I'm gonna whoop him, I'm gonna whoop him. And and all of a sudden it became really talked about. And then the next week I went and whooped them. you know, and then I went back on the forums and I parted on all these dudes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are like right, you're yeah, actually right. Oh yeah, I was partying on them so hard. But uh, but then so then I realized like it's mostly adults. You know, mm-hmm. and then so then I started like diving into like so the next two years. I would just try to torture these people like with just doing different stuff to make them angry. And I realized like how easy it was to manipulate group think mm-hmm. and how group think moves.
0: What would you, you do to like piss? them uh, off?
1: Oh, like all kinds of like, OK, one time. I was walking on the street and I saw this person a boiled pig and I'm like, hey, give me 20, I'll give you twenty bucks. Can I have that. And they're like, sure. A so boiled I, pig? A blown up pig? Oh, blown it up was pig, like, uh, yeah. you know, like yeah, I don't, yeah, even, yeah, I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know why. But anyway, so i like, took it to the tournament. You know, uh, my hair growing out. People really yeah. hated that. Why? Um Because wrestlers are supposed to have hair like you. You know, uh, look. look you know? I look like a wrestler. Yeah, you look like a wrestler. Well, you need some you need more ears, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Um, And then uh, I carried a boombox around, right? Just all kinds of. I put an X on the mat where I was going to pin someone a few
0: times. You know? know? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. On On the mat, you went out there before the match match. and put an X like in tape or something? Yeah, tape. You tape a little X
1: and that's where I'm going to pin them.
0: And then would you do it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to imagine that people, even (laughs) in the stands, were like, this fucking cocky dude, right? (laughs) Yeah. But like if you do it, then like. Yeah.
1: I mean no they're still mad of course they're still mad about it yeah, yeah. so you re- but you so you realize at a young age I was able to realize like how just like groupthink works mm-hmm. and how it, and you know how favor goes to and against you yeah. and so obviously i mean crypto we we saw this right it was insane in the last year or whatever with the uh-huh. the bear market hitting and to me it's like eh, whatever like I'll be in here the next cycle and the next Dude, cycle. I can't get over.
0: I can't get over you putting an X yeah, on yeah. the mat and yeah. then pinning someone there. Yeah.
1: That was a, well, so someone else allegedly, I guess there's no video of this because the guy's older, but there's this guy who actually the pinning trophy, I won the I won the best pinner in college twice. And the trophy is the Shallus Award. So it's named after this guy named Wade Shallus. The legend is he did it, right? So I heard about him doing it, and I'm like, I'm gonna do that too. So I did it a few different times.
0: And then yeah. you got the pen Award. Yeah,
1: and then I got then. Well, then it was many years later, but yeah. I yeah. Did you ever do it in college? Uh, I don't think I ever did it in college. Yeah. I yeah. feel
0: like that's like doing it in high school, you can get away with a lot of stuff. In I college, probably like, done
1: it. I probably should have done it in college. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> Imagine if you went
0: to the Olympic match <laughs> and went uh, out and just did it. That would be awesome, huh? This episode is brought to you by 8 Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, and the 8 Sleep Pod is the ultimate sleep machine. The pod is the only sleep technology that dynamically cools and heats each side of the bed to maintain the optimal sleeping temperature for what your body needs. With the pod, you can start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. What is the result? Clinical data shows that 8 sleep users experience up to 19% increase in recovery, 32% improvement in sleep quality, and up to 34% more deep sleep. How do I know it works? I sleep on it every single night, and it works so well that I beg the founders to let me invest in the company. Go check them out today at slash pomp to start sleeping cool this summer and save $150 on the pod. Again, slash pomp, and you get $150 off when you use code pomp. This episode is brought to you by FTX US. They're the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. Trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than the top competitors. There are no fixed minimums, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees. Download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP to earn free crypto on every trade over $10. The more you trade, the more you earn. Go download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP. This episode is brought to you by LMAX Digital, the number one institutional crypto exchange. They offer clients the deepest pool of liquidity and they have a 100% uptime track record through all the volatility spikes. LMAX Group's liquidity relationships and ultra low latency technology means that LMAX Digital is the market leading solution for institutions across crypto trading and custodial services. LMAX Digital, secure, liquid, and trusted. Go learn more at lmaxdigital.com slash POMP. Again, that's lmaxdigital.com slash pomp. Okay, I, I do feel like the Olympics are uh, uh, a little bit crazier, like, because yeah. you have like the countries, like the national mm-hmm. respect yeah. and like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So if you pulled off that type of thing, like, it's like an international incident, It'd right? You'd be a legend, like, You'd be a legend. Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Right? The um, uh, I always like the uh, the track. Uh, the four by one hundred or whatever, mm-hmm. where the, the guy's got like sunglasses on and stuff, and you're just like, dude, that guy don't give a fuck. Like he's gonna run as fast as he can and like, <laughs> let's go, America, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like does America always win that one? Of course. I'm not much. Okay, but but saying. also it, to be fair, uh, uh, across all of track and field, like that's really where I think a lot of people got busted uh, what, for years and years and years. Oh my god, for years uh, it was happening. Yeah. Right there was uh, I'm not going to use names, but there was. Uh, well, did they actually get busted or not? I went to high school in North Carolina, okay, in uh, in Raleigh, and uh, our high school track was one of the nicer tracks. Uh, and so a bunch of these Olympic athletes would come oh, and they would wow. train at the track. So like you like go out there and like I'm talking about like the top Olympic sprinters would be there sometimes, and you like walk out of class and be like, "That is cr- like they're fast, wow. right? Yeah. Like, but like this is real." And uh, a bunch of them got busted. Oh, uh, over the following years. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, some of them came back or, or whatever. Yeah. But I remember thinking, just like, dude, sure, like, if they did it, they did it, whatever. But, like, I saw them out there working their asses <laughs> off. Right. Well, of course they do both. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. But, like, I, I think the narrative had swung so much of just like steroid use versus, like, yeah. I don't know, man. I'd look outside the classroom and I'd see them up there running yeah. and, like, <laughs> They looked like they were sweating. Yeah, well, that
1: was like, that's like, to me, that was like the Tour de France. Yeah. Like, I know Lance, like, a lot of kind of negative things came out about him. Yeah. But it was like, that race, I don't care what you use. Them mugs still rode 150 miles a day or something. Crazy. Like, it's crazy, you know? So, and then obviously all of them. And that one, again, these are not these are not combat athletes, right? Yeah. All of them are on it. Just across the board. Yeah. Like, 100%. They're all using. <laughs>
0: so, it's like, eh, whatever. I'll, you know? You're pedaling a bicycle. Pedaling a bicycle. And like, but, but that's where I always go. Like, how much time and effort goes into preventing it versus just like, dude, just be like free game. You can take whatever you want.
1: Who who can do it? Yeah, I mean, with
0: something like that, I mean, uh,
1: two thousand miles of bicycling or whatever.
0: Just let let them take yeah. whatever they, they want. Probably
1: were I mean at that point in time.
0: Yeah, just, just let them take whatever they want yeah. and see what happens. As long as it's not a sport where you could literally kill somebody or hurt somebody. Right? Yeah, uh, I
1: wonder if the, I mean I wonder if there's I, and I don't know anything about the PDs, but there's probably. Some level of some substance there
0: that you could take so much you would probably kill yourself, right? Well what, what I, I don't know. What I'm I actually certain. think would be more interesting is just like legalize. It's kind of like the the war on drugs, right? Yeah. Like, like, dude, if they make weed legal, my guess is that they're gonna have less problems with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So same thing here is just like just make it legal and say yeah. whatever you do, you have to do under a doctor's supervision. Yeah. We'll provide the doctors.
1: That's interesting
0: right? Like, like, yeah, yeah. would it increase the safety of what they're already going to try to do anyways? Probably. Yeah, it's definitely. A chance. I that. don't know. Somebody would get mad because I'm not an expert <laughs> in uh, PD usage <sighs> in the cycling industry. So that's
1: that one funny thing about, um, you know, podcasts these days is, um, obviously like you and I, we say have a high, high level of knowledge in certain aspects of our yeah. lives. Right. But it's not like we're experts about uh, experts about everything. But so then p- certain people say like, well, if you're not an expert, you can't talk about that. It's like, well, why can't I? You go have conversations on the couch with your buddies about whatever the hell you want.
0: By the way, like, have you seen the experts talk about some of this stuff? Like, yeah. They're not exactly the smartest the health either. experts are
1: like four <laughs> pounds. But like, why can't we talk about something? Like, this is just two dudes having a conversation. Like, I'm sure you're going go to- Do they get mad at you? Oh, you, you'll see. I mean, I see it with like, especially, you know, who gets it the worst, which is, I'm sure he ignores it, but it's Rogan. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but it's like-
0: because- But I heard the best description. Somebody was like, Joe Rogan is sitting in a room with Google- trying to figure shit out, and yes. that's what everyone else is trying to do too, right? Yes. Like, yes. like that's why he is so and popular. And he has access
1: to really smart people yes. because of who he is. Yeah, but so it's like, yeah, I don't understand. It's not like it's not like Joe Rogan ever, ever, ever says, I know everything, you have to listen to me. Of course not. He never says that. <laughs> he says the opposite. You know? He's just a dude trying to figure things out, and it's like every dude, when they go to the bar, or they're sitting on the couch with their buddies, they talk about something, like they have some level of expertise and it's just people having conversations trying to figure out information. Of course. And so when people do it on con- – you know, they're like, Pom doesn't know shit about bicycle racing. Why is he talking about bicycle well, racing? Well, I could
0: now? ride a bike, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm further along than some people. <laughs> right? I mean, that's how I think, though, right? It's yeah. just like I don't know what the yes. answer is, but uh, sure. it's interesting to think about. Yeah, I agree. One of the uh, things that I thought would be interesting to hear your perspective on, yeah. uh, we talked about brain computer chips uh, going in the athletes. Do you ever think that we'll see humans fight machines? Uh, Who is this? uh, I got to look this up
1: now. Who was the one that it totally freaked me out uh, because he was talking about chips in the brain? It wasn't Balaji. It was on Lex, though. I'm going to look this up.
0: And somebody was talking about. It was
1: relatively recently. Okay. He was talking about uh, uh, what is that term that they use for when. uh, Singularity? Yes, the singularity totally. Oh, Ray Kurzweil. Oh yeah. Ray Ray Kurzweil. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Oh, he's super famous. Uh, I don't know. He, he basically came up with the singularity concept. Yes. It was freaking me out. But and for then, those that don't know, singularity is the merging of the human and machine. the machines together.
1: But you know, the, the most obvious to me, and I, I don't even know why, I mean, it, it's too stupid for them to even discuss, but it's like, okay, if I put something in my brain, how come someone can't hack it?
0: Right. Yeah, I'm asked. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, why yeah, can't yeah.
1: they say go murder that guy or or just shut off, just shut off, you know, like if they put, if I let someone put something in my brain, like surely there's some nefarious things that can happen. Right? I forget
0: the Netflix series, uh, in the series, um, it's, it's like the political drama series that was like super popular. It's one of like the first okay. ones that Netflix did. I don't watch any TVs. Popular. So it's like maybe eight, Homeland, eight years ago. I that no, show. Homeland was good though. Okay, yeah. Um, it was like that, but it was uh, all about uh, American politics, and and this guy was trying to become president or became oh, president. Oh, uh, was it how's the car? My wife
1: watched that one. Yeah,
0: okay. so uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it's that one. Uh, one of the characters has a um, a pacemaker, uh, and they like think it's going to be hacked or it gets hacked or something. And I'm like, yo, I'm out. Like I am, yeah. I am so out. But the problem is that like if you need a pacemaker, like there's not any other option. <laughs> yeah, for right? real. So like in that situation, Just fine. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like the brain implant, same thing. But like, I forget for a second. It's the, Would
1: you do it? Someone says
0: you can do it right now. I w- One, my biggest concern would actually be the safety of it. Like I, I'm a, I'm actually pretty conservative when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Like a okay. f- okay. perfect example, right. Is I invested in the uh, testosterone yeah, you enhancement to, you thing, but get jacked like yeah, Jeff Bezos. No, 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 no I'm good. Um, but, but <laughs> maybe the, in a few years. The, yeah. Wait, wait till like my t- testosterone falls there off a cliff go. and then for yes. sure. Um, but what about humans and machines going into a cage and fighting each other?
1: Well, I just think, I, I mean, I think it's preposterous because uh, it probably wouldn't take much to make uh, a machine win, right? Because how are you actually going to k- kill the machine? You know what I'm saying? Like, but like this
0: becomes part of the game, right?
1: Uh, it, just seemed, it, it would seem so easy for the machine to win. You know what I'm saying? Because like, say I'm going to leg kick you. Well, it's going to hurt you, right? Well, am I going to leg kick a steel leg of a uh, machine, like,
0: that's going to hurt me, not it. But, like, this is where, like, you could see if the public had the option of watching, they 100% are watching that.
1: Man, I don't know. So, I think this is like, uh, what was that one show, and someone told me this still existed. Oh, Battle Bots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, someone told me it still existed. Really? I, I don't really watch a lot of TV, yeah. so I'm not I'm not certain. They told me this, um, where they tried to create the machines that would destroy each other, you yeah. know? um
0: But that isn't, that's not that interesting to me.
1: Well, okay, so I was gonna say, I don't think it's that interesting, but um, so I think there's something about like the human body, and everyone knows we all have one, right? Yeah. We all have one body. And so to see what someone else can do with their human body like fascinates us, whether it's running fast like the 100 mm-hmm. or fighting or trying to hit home runs, because there's a part of us that we can all kind of feel what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. And if it was like a robot, it would just be weird, I think.
0: But like part of me wants to know, like, <laughs> Can we kick the machine's ass or not? No. You don't think so? Hell no. Someone's going to find out. Come on. I thi- I th- I'm not fighting that robot. All right. So right now, would you fight a Boston Dynamics? Boston Dynamics robot. Is Ben Askren going to fight the Boston Dynamics robot? Could you beat the robot?
1: Probably not because how am I going to hurt it?
0: I think right now you could beat it.
1: How about, okay, uh, um, what, am I going to pull some wires out or something? Like,
0: how do I hurt it? The, you'd have to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like a terrible proposition, right? But yeah, like, that's my so whole thing. Is like, right now, I think you actually could beat it. Yes, it'd be athletic, whatever. But like, you could still beat it. At some point, it'll get where no, you couldn't.
1: I, th- I feel like I mean,
0: I- in a wrestling match, could you could beat the robot right now?
1: Uh, well, in wrestling match, I don't have to hurt it. I would just have to score points. Saying, right? But, so, but, so but, it, it. but uh, I mean, because okay, so this is this is, I know nothing about robots. But I'm just just thinking, like, surely you could make the robot be like ten times as strong as me. Sure. So then how am I going to, like, do anything to it?
0: Scramble. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about wrestling. (laughs) Right? But, like, if it's strong but slow. Like, what I'm saying is, like, right now, I think that the robots are not in a place where, like, they are dexterous and agile and, like, all these things that you would need to actually be good at wrestling. So you can still beat them now. At some point, I agree you won't be able to.
1: But right now, I bet you still So I had this discussion with Lex when I was on his podcast about uh, him and Dan and her were talking about, grappling robots mm-hmm. and um and then how you could put ai and then make them simulate wrestling matches like they've, they've done this with chess right and they mm-hmm. simulate all different things that could happen and i thought that would be fascinating with wrestling with wrestling at this point um and i think jiu-jitsu is also by more expert wrestling it's still evolving at a really rapid rate mm-hmm. and so if you could have robots wrestle you could they could they could um move it at a more rapid rate even than what we're doing right now um but, you know, like, I know, like, I don't know a lot of robots. But I've seen some of those videos, and they are they are still a little bit clunky. Like, mm-hmm. they don't move super well. But I was I was thinking, and it's kind of like, uh, speaks to how advanced the human brain is. Like, if I, just when I shoot a single leg, right, there's so many stimuli, if we were wrestling each other, mm-hmm. for you to... Um, understand all at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. How much force am I shooting with? How much speed am I shooting with? Mm-hmm. Exactly where am I going? What Where is my uh, where is the pressure being angled at? Am I trying to sweep behind you? Am I trying to go into you, right? like, And so you're kind of reading all of those at one, and then you're making an adjustment to your body. And mm-hmm. then if I'm high level, right, I'm making an adjustment with my body. And so for a robot who can't like walk or jump or do things all that well, you know, having all those stimuli be understood, it's obviously... magnitude is more complex than a game of chess, right? Chess is like there's no timing component to it, for example, right? Mm -hmm. You just have uh, rules of where they can move. There's no pressure component to it. Like, am I putting pressure like here or is it here? Or, you know, like where on your leg is the Mm -hmm. pressure happening, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I would be fascinated for wrestling robots someday. But it still feels like even if they didn't know the moves, they would still just be so powerful that you're not going to be able to do things with them.
0: Yeah you also boxed yes jake paul only once <laughs> yeah w- one time uh, why why'd you do it
1: um because they asked me if i wanted to
0: and was it just like this will be fun
1: well okay so first um you know i see the highlight of him and uh, nate robinson and i what was your reaction when you saw the highlight first uh, they both suck, <laughs> right? That was it. I think I tweeted. So I don't know. Uh, they have to go see what I tweeted to make sure I'm not lying. That's that's uh, something to that effect, you know. um And I was uh, at this point. This is why I I, like, I don't get mad about very much anything, but I'm kind of annoyed people don't give me any leeway for this. Like at this point, it was that was three months or two months after my hip surgery, like. I was supposed to be non-weight bearing for three months, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I got fat as shit because I enjoy eating and I didn't get to work out because I can't put any weight on my leg, you mm-hmm. know? And so then they call me and like, hey, would you really want to fight him? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I kind of like fighting. Like, I don't know. He probably sucks. I'll probably beat him up. Sure. You know, like, why not?
0: So you went into it 100% thinking that you had a shot to beat him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I thought he okay. wasn't very good. And unfortunately, I was wrong. Um, but yeah, no. So okay, so first, um, my doctor had said, uh, you have to wait a year. To do any like real live activity or yep. wrestling or whatever, and so I'm like, well, I, I can't do it because I got to wait a year. Like I haven't done any, I haven't literally haven't done anything. I haven't I haven't I haven't ran. I haven't rode a bike. I haven't lifted weights. I haven't done anything, you know. Yep. Um. So then I saw this dude, John Wayne Parr, who's a kickboxing world champ. He was kicking a bag, and he just had had the same surgery I did. And I was like, wait, like, how does he get to kick a bag? This is bullshit. So I, so I messaged him like, hey, you just had that same surgery I did. Why are you kicking a bag already? Because he was like, I want to say he was like four months out or something, yep. you know, and I was just going wait a year. Uh, and I think I was on, I was on like three months or whatever, you know. And uh, so he said to me back, he said, well, my doctor said three months, I can do whatever the hell I want. After three months, I do whatever I want. So wait, this is bullshit. Like, why is my doctor making me wait a year? <laughs> so I called my doctor i something like, I called my doctor. I'm like, hey, man, why do I got to wait a year? And he's like, because that's, that's, that's the recovery time you need. I'm like, well, how come this dude's kicked, <laughs> I saw him kicking a bag and it's only been three months? And his doctor said, that's cool. And he's like, well, that guy, he actually knew the doctor. He's like, oh, that guy's got Because there's not a ton of people who do this specific surgery, right? He's like, oh, that guy's got a higher fail rate than me. I said, all right, what's your fail rate for your hips? And he's like, one in
0: 998.
1: Huh? One in 998? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take my chance. Okay, I'll take my chances.
0: So then I started training. All right, and yeah. so uh, when you go mm. and you're doing the weigh-in, doing all yeah. the stuff and everything, uh, are you guys cool? Uh, or are you guys, like, talking shit? And I like, would just say
1: I was kind of indifferent to him. You know, kind of like I was trying to taunt him, um, of course. There's, uh, like, an
0: entertainment aspect to it. Uh,
1: well, just kind of also just get in his head, you know? Like, I mean, my, kind of what I figured about him is that he hadn't really been in very many real fights, you know? And there's something to it um you know a lot of people get nervous when they fight and make mistakes and stuff like that so that was kind of where i was at so i mean i i did have a good three-month training camp um you know obviously so prior to that i had my hip surgery you know, i was out and then prior to that i had been retired for oh, t- 10 months or something so i hadn't i've been doing a lot of wrestling like i was in the wrestling room a lot but no striking or mm-hmm. no other type of mixed martial arts uh but i did a three good three-month training camp um felt pretty good i lost a lot even though i didn't look like great physically i had lost a lot of weight from where i where i started right because i had no i didn't know nothing for almost four months with my hip mm-hmm. um yeah and unfortunately like he just ended up being a lot better than i thought i mean he beat Tyron and Tyron's a significantly better boxer than me and now you know he's fighting arison Silva this weekend and he's um you think he can win well i mean when you actually when you when you put this out it might be done already so um yeah I mean well the, the odds makers say it's close right it's uh it's not like there's a one's a huge favor the they're, they're relatively close on which the alone
0: odds. like that's kind of surprising just to start yeah, right because like if it's I almost were, a Jake Paul win just to, for the odds maker to think it's close
1: yeah because if I would say I was gonna be Anderson Silva in boxing you'd say like, yeah ha, like that's funny <laughs> you know like it's just not it's not what I ever did I mean all of my striking mixed martial arts was more like how do I make contact with you Mm -hmm. and then get you on the ground and then beat you up from from there that was everything i always did so um yeah i knew i knew i wasn't very good at boxing um i just thought he also wasn't very good (laughs) at boxing you know and then the one thing i kept coming back to because this water's gone Dang, uh a lot of a lot of people said like you know what if you lose it's like well i don't really ever care what the public thinks yeah but when i was in high school um not, not every Friday night, but once in a while. We had some boxing gloves in my basement. And if we didn't have anything fun to do, a bunch of dudes would come over. Yep. And we'd be like, you versus you, you versus you. And we always thought that was a blast. Like, yep. we always thought that was a fun Friday night. So I'm like, okay, if when I'm in my 30s, they're going to pay me a whole bunch of money to do something that I literally did for fun and thought was a fun Friday night when I was 17. Like, I'd have to be an idiot to just not do this.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, let's go. I mean, I kind of like that mentality, mm-hmm. right? So when you go and uh, he hits you, you're down. Yeah. You get up, you realize, like, I lost. Yeah. The next time I think I saw you on the video feed yeah. was you and Amy going yeah, through yeah, the tunnel uh, yeah. laughing. And yeah. I was like, all right, they seem good. Yeah. <laughs> what? People were upset at me for that one. Why?
1: Uh, okay, so first of all, the ref. I told the ref, "Like, dude, I'm fine. Like, I got knocked down, but like, I'm okay. I can fight now." And he just said no, and I'm like, oh, "That's bullshit," you know. So, <laughs> you know. But I'm like, "Well, I guess I didn't really care, anyways. Whatever. I'm fucking out of here." And I just left, you know. Um, which actually, I don't think I was supposed to leave, but then you know, it didn't occur to me after the fact. I was just like, oh, "I guess I lost. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to leave." <laughs> um, yeah. And then my wife, you know, as I'm leaving, my wife is right there, and it's in. A, so, okay, so the other thing is, it's in a football stadium. <laughs> you know, and there's no one there. So, you know, our walk to get out of there is like 100 meters. But, um, I mean, I didn't really care to prove I was a great boxer. I was hoping I was a better boxer than him was yeah. the idea. Um, and But my wife at that point said something like, hey, do you realize Justin Bieber just opened for you and you're the main event? <laughs> and it, you know, it was, you know something, <laughs> something like that, right? It was like, I mean, the whole week was just wild. Like, you know, there's Justin Bieber and then there was Snoop Dogg. And then it was just kind of like, it was, it was very circus-like, the whole the whole thing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and then it was like, all right, hey, let's go get my money and let's, like, get out of here and go back you, to coaching do, wrestling.
0: Do people know how much you got paid?
1: Yeah, I mean, I made uh, close to a million dollars between all the sponsorships and everything else, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean.
1: Not you, terrible. Not For me. something that I would have considered a fun Friday night when I was 17. Yeah. yeah. So, like,
0: do you think that that – I'll just call it, like, the YouTuber boxing world, yeah. which I, I would argue – uh, Jake has escaped. He's n- no longer being, yeah. hey, you go fight a YouTuber, you whatever. Like now he's got like yeah. real competition, uh, right? How, yeah. However you want to measure that. Um, do you think that like YouTuber entertainment boxing stuff has like legs to it? Yeah, I kind don't. I sort- mean, uh, other stuff? people
1: are trying. I mean, so yes, the circus thing. Um, I mean, I guess his last fight didn't. I mean, okay, there's rumors. I'm not certain. His last fight wasn't selling that well, and that some people say that's why it was canceled. This fight, um, which uh, I don't want to put this up, but it, it's happening October 29th. Some people are saying it's not selling that well. Um, the whole shtick is over type thing. So I, I don't know. Like, I think he's actually kind of good at boxing, and I guess we'll see how far he takes it. Um, can other people do it? Uh, I'm not i sold not sold. I think on he's it. a
0: very unique person yeah. to be able to do mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I've talked to him about it specifically of just, like, there's – if you think in society in general, the ability to like reinvent yourself over and over mm-hmm. again. So like Kim Kardashian is probably the like epitome of this, right? Really? I don't pay any attention to her. So sex tape, reality okay, sex TV tape. star, entrepreneur, criminal justice reform. I personally believe um, Okay, governor uh, president. What? hundred percent. Oh
1: my God. Kim okay, Kardashian so did, is president okay, in our life. So let me ask you this. Cause I, okay, cause, mm, I don't know anything about Kim. I, I know. I so saw, I know the sex tape. I know the reality show. I didn't watch it at all. Um,
0: of which the sex day for the reality star.
1: I actually have never <laughs> seen the one. Um, but entrepreneur. so entrepreneur, did she actually do all of those things? Because there's obviously a lot yeah, of people yeah. who lend their name to stuff, yeah, and, yeah. and and they've and they're at least smart enough to find really smart people to run their projects. Yep. there's something to be said for that f- for sure, right? But like, did she actually start those? Like, I am I am personally running asking wrestling academy. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother and the high, my high school coach, right? Um, and so I'm actually like running nah, she, those things. She, she's okay. running it. Yeah.
0: She, should, so right. I didn't know, but the the reason why I say with pretty high confidence, like she's really involved in this stuff. Yeah. There's multiple things that she's done where yeah. like you can see it's like the same playbook over and over again. Okay. And it's working. But then I heard uh, or watched uh, her and David Letterman. Uh, okay. Letterman's got a like a, yeah, a show knows. on Netflix or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, he interviews her. I was blown away. I really? was like, Man, she's, like, way more articulate than people would probably give her credit for. Okay. Uh, and the way – and, and I, look, she's got media training. she got all this stuff. Like you uh, got to uh, strip uh, that yeah. away. Uh, but, like, it's very easy to see, like, that could be the leader of a business, you know, up there talking, saying these things, yeah. whatever. And you're just like, okay, like, yeah, there's more to this. And then you also have to forget – or not forget, like – she brings marketing power yeah. where yeah. like you post on Instagram, yeah. right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of founders who are trying to like build Twitter audiences so they could like get people to buy their product. Yeah, yeah. She it's shows up and she's millions. like, uh, yeah, yeah, we can sell stuff.
1: Well, and then between <laughs> her and her siblings and everyone else kind of like in that, um, I don't know what you call it, like universe or, yeah. you know, they have, yeah. They
0: cross promote stuff. They, yep. like, you know what I mean. Like, so like there's like things there for sure yeah. that uh, th- that they can do. Uh, Interesting.
1: I, no, when you say reinvent yourself, you know, I I think of uh, is uh, Steve Jobs. I mean, you know, like when you start reading about him, um, like the, just that he went and kind of, like, saved Pixar, for example. He became a
0: billionaire off Pixar first. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's kind of wild. Like You know, like, most people don't think of, when they think of Pixar, they don't think of Steve Jobs, but he was highly influential in bringing that business back and then putting Mm -hmm. the effort in necessary to to get them to the next level, you know? And then you think about, like, okay, what he did with Apple. But then, like, he made um, iTunes, Mm -hmm. you know, for example. Like, who put music on a phone? It was kind of him. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you think like that's kind of who I think about. I think like like constantly re- reinventing themselves and making new ideas is. And I think he actually t- almost doesn't get enough credit as he should for all the different things. It is he crazy, did. yeah,
0: right. And and I think the remission, like uh, with with Jake as an example, his brother also like mm-hmm. WWE star now. I guess he's in WWE, dude. He he. I watched uh, like a highlight reel mm-hmm. of uh, maybe WrestleMania or wh- yeah, whatever okay. one of the events was. He's athletic. Yeah. Like, the guy's doing yeah. backflips off of, you know, the ropes and stuff. He was
1: a pretty good wrestler in high school. Jake wasn't a very good wrestler, but Logan was. Got it. Yeah.
0: Is that, like, a, a thing that the wrestling community talks about?
1: Uh, I don't know, a little bit, probably not. Like, a huge Are, they, amount, are like, they the most successful wrestlers of the last, like, 20 years? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. We got Brock, I mean, Jake, Le- Brock Jake, Lesnar. Jake's supposed to
0: have made $50 million last year.
1: Allegedly. I never believe those numbers ever. Well, because I know I've seen mine, right? I've seen mine. I know what my net worth is, right? Yeah. And I've seen some that said, I saw one that said 20 million, and I thought, I wish, right? And I saw one that said half a million, and I thought, no way. You know, (laughs) that's not true at all, you know? So it's like somewhere between those numbers. So I've seen, but, you know, you see those online, and you're like, oh, well, they're not true. I I know they're not true of me. Yeah. And I know, I, I don't even know where they got the information. I think they just like, made guesses by knowing a few of my I, purses or something. So but. that so
0: that's one. The other yeah. thing is uh, the business list. I think they asked for verification, but it's like a little uh, kind of crazy because uh, they could ask you, like, what's the value of the business? And if they don't know the full breakdown, oh, yeah. they estimate, right? Um, what I'll say is uh, the numbers are c- probably closer than we would guess okay. uh, b- based on some conversations I've had. Yeah. Um, so let's just say that they are... Accurate. He kind of
1: scammed an NFT and crypto market too. So however well, he did it, he's does been that a part make of a him? Whole,
0: does well, that I, make him the most successful wrestler?
1: No, <laughs> <hell> no.
0: Um, <laughs> who made more money than him?
1: Well, I mean, if we denote that money is the only way to success, but yeah, I mean, so a few of those crypto and N- N- NFT projects he backed are kind of what is going on. Like who let him do that type of thing? You know, I mean, almost it almost makes me, you know, I, how it makes me feel is, like, if he was really worth that much money, why would he be backing that? You know what I'm saying? It's not like a Bitcoin or, you know, or even a a reputable company. Like, some of the ones he backed were like, wait, like, what is even going on here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who would you say is the actual most successful wrestler? Like money accomplishments uh, like like when you say like hey this is the representative of the wrestling community on like a global scale like is there somebody who you huh. think most of the communities like yeah this is what you can do with wrestling and after wrestling it's a great question um yeah i don't know i don't know i mean
1: i don't i mean so obviously like you have like a, a jim jordan who mm-hmm. is you know really high up in the. uh shoot is he congress or senate i'm blanking right now i don't remember um yeah so that would be one i know people kind of think about a lot um and then there's a handful of other successful business people but i don't think anyone really has that conversation about like who's i mean i think people just think like in wrestling like kiel sanderson like you know he's coached nine national championship teams now uh, people think like a lot about him mm-hmm. and probably like the guys who have done it well in mma like uh, henry cejudo or daniel cormier mm-hmm um those type of people right there's been a lot of wrestling champions in mixed martial arts but who's the best
0: mma journalist
1: chuck minnenhall of course
0: (laughs) (laughs) who who would you say for real chuck minnenhall really he helped me write my book yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. no
1: he's great um obviously ariel does a great job uh i think there's there's quite i think
0: ariel's been uh disrupted what's up have you not seen Andrew Schultz is out there saying he's the greatest MMA journalist of all time? Andrew Schultz says that. Where did he say this? I didn't see this. <laughs> he, he like makes these videos every time there's a big UFC, and he like comments about whatever's going on. He like he said something, and people okay. all start freaking out and saying like, "You're not an MMA journalist." So he's mm-hmm. some the greatest one of all time. Oh, that's hilarious! And, and so now he, him and uh, Helwani are you know in competition with each other.
1: Oh, nice. I'm a, I like him, so, uh, so I'll, I'll let him have it.
0: Well, H- Hwanda, uh is actually pretty interesting because he's been able to do this for a long time now.
1: He's been doing for a long time like, since the very beginning, right? Like, yeah, really, really early years.
0: And he also what he was uh, with one he's of the a, organizations.
1: Well, he's with ESPN now. ESPN. And I believe now he's off, kind of just independent a
0: little bit. I mean, like yeah. talk, talk about winning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, was able to get himself in a position where like he was the brand. Someone who can do it on their own terms is is huge. Yeah. It's Mm kind of like Askren Wrestling Academy. There
1: we go. I'm trying trying to do as much as I can on my own. I mean, I always think about, you know, from a monetary perspective, obviously there's people who are significantly wealthier than me. Mm -hmm. uh, But one of the things I really love about my life is that, like, I don't have a boss. Like, Mm -hmm. no one tells me what to do. I don't fear anyone's approval or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And that's a really good position to be in. I think there's even a lot of, like, really successful people who are, like, worried about what their boss is going to say or mm-hmm. they know they can't do or can't do And I'm in a position where I'm like, eh, if I want to do that, I'm going to do it. And if
0: I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's it. The only life that I'm like, man, I, I think I'd really struggle to be happy. Like there's a lot of shit I okay. probably could do and uh-huh. be like, okay. Uh, and like find happiness in it. But the like nine to five suit and tie, go sit in a cubicle. If that's your thing, more power to you. But like, that's the yeah. one I think I, I, I'd have a tough time.
1: Yeah, the other one, I mean, now is, um, and obviously, you know, I'm here in Miami, so I'm traveling a little bit. But the other one is, like, when you start having a family, um, this is actually, I I hadn't traveled for, like, four months without my family, which was pretty wild. Because usually it's a little more than that, but someone who had to travel a ton with their family, like, I think that would be really hard, like... And I think that'd be somewhere you would like really question your life of like, yeah, I'm making a lot of money, I'm having a ton of success, but I barely ever get to see my family. Yeah. Like, is that really what it's I worth want? It.
0: Is it worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where uh where can we send people to get the book?
1: Uh so it's available, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um
0: Funky, yeah. my defiant path through the wild wild world of combat sports.
1: Yeah. The the title's a tongue twister, so Oh, I struggled good. with it. I know I messed it up twice when I was recording the audiobook. The audio book was, I don't know if you've done an audiobook book yet. You, maybe you will point. I just want I just want to share everyone oh,
0: yes. who who's watching that. That was Ben. When I, when I was going through the book, I saw this and I was like, bro, what? Uh, <laughs> I never knew that's what, uh, what you look like in college. Yeah. No, no, that, no, that one was
1: in high school. I have, oh, I have high a, school. Uh, yep. I have a similar, my junior of college, I think was my other time where it was like at the, uh, apex afro, um, yeah, the so I did the audiobook. That was like, oh man, that was hard. That was hard. Like, Why? Well, because you got to read. And so, okay, you and I are speaking on a podcast, right? Yeah. If I were to mess up a word, <laughs> I would I would just keep going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where if I got to read every single word and get it word for word, yeah. And I miss like an and or a the or I got to start over.
0: Some the whole thing.
1: Well, the the, or go or back the back sentence yeah, or paragraph yeah, or yeah. wherever. You and know. And
0: Do you have someone there being
1: like, ah, oh, you messed up? Go back. Or you just know? Um, most of the time, you know, you knew there was only a couple of times where they said, like, hey, you missed that, you yeah. know. But then, so, uh, being the hard part for me is I had to slow down significantly when I talk, you know. So, like, I, you know, if I'm talking like this, I would have to really, like, and this, blah, 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 you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And it was like, it was just, yeah, so it was a challenge.
0: The only thing I ask people if you're going to do an audiobook not to do, I, I love learning from Uh-oh. them, but Ray Dalio for Changing World Order, <laughs> he reads the first, like, Chapter I listen, yeah. Or two. And then he rug pulls you.
1: I love like, it. He says I'm too busy. I love that shit. He's like, I'm I literally too busy was listening to this and shit. He's like, hey,
0: I'm too busy, so uh so and gonna take yes, over. No, I I'm love like, that. Bro, what? Yeah, <laughs> like either don't record any of it or record the whole thing, but the like you buy the audio book, you start listening, and then he literally like had, like a, a chapter, and it's like, all right, this other guy's gonna read. I loved it. I'm like, yeah, he probably is too busy.
1: Of course, he's yeah. too busy. But I was like, dude, what? No, did he did he do the first chapter? Or was it was it only the intro? Because I no, I think you're right. Because I think I think I was thinking it would have made more sense if he would have just done like the intro, yeah, 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 and not the first chapter also. But
0: it felt like he was going to do the audio book yeah, and yeah, then yeah. decided yeah. not to do it at some yeah.
1: point. Well, I don't blame him because I did one, and it was freaking hard.
0: Yeah, and his book's very long.
1: It's very long. Think, and he has a couple, too, because I think I think once I listened to the first one, I think I listened to, like, a couple more, and uh-huh. I think he did something similar uh, where he read the If I remember, he did the first part and then not the rest. Yeah, no, I love that. That was a really good book, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's out here just tricking people. Yes. <laughs> All right, where can we send people to find you on the internet? Uh, uh,
1: I really just use Twitter. I obviously, have my Instagram, but I don't really love Instagram. Uh, I really love Twitter, so it's at Ben Askren.
0: All right. I appreciate it. We'll definitely do it again in the future. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to transition into a brand new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to thecryptoacademy.io. My team and I have been working with the top HR teams in the industry to develop an intensive three-week training program with over 50 live events. We teach you exactly what you need to know to break into the industry, including live interview prep and resume review. Our students have been hired at over 75 of the world's best Bitcoin and crypto companies. Go to thecryptoacademy.io to learn more. Again, that's thecryptoacademy.io. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with your friends and I'll see you all for the next episode.